Hey listeners, this is Lost and Rewound on Radio Free Brooklyn with your hosts, Alon and Jimmy. I'm Cheshire, and I'm recording this in hopes to get asked back to the show. Do you hear that, Alon and Jimmy? Guys? Anyway, I hope you are sitting somewhere comfortable because it is time to get embarrassed with us. Take it away, boys. Christmas. It's an eight-bit Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> As it should be. Welcome to Lost and Rewound. This is a holiday special. Yes, I am Rudolph. And I am Blitzen, because I blitz. Yes, yeah, cats blitzen and everywhere. Because, and, and because Blitzen just sounds like the most Jewish of the reindeers, clearly. He was blitzing over here, he was blitzing over there. Donna and Dixon, you know, they be just there in the corner, you know, talking their crazy white nationalist beliefs. Yeah, I tell you, I don't trust Donna. Donna, it's part of the Donna, Donna party. Donna, Donna party. <laughs> I tell you. But Blitzen, Blitzen, let me tell you. Oh, such, such, <laughs> such, a, such a life that he had before he became a reindeer of Santa. He was exploited in World War II, though. He was <laughs> Welcome to the show again, and also uh, we want to give a big, big, big shout out to our friend Cheshire Shanker, who has been a guest on the show in the past. We mentioned her last week, actually, on the episode with Ryan, because she was the guest that was on in season two, who shared her natal chart when she was but a babe, literally eight months old. A wee babe. <laughs> that was one of the more amazing intros I've ever heard. For the record, we have, as of the beginning of the season, been introing the show with all of our past guests and she will definitely have to come back on the show because whoa nelly that was awesome yes indeed i want i want a natal chart but i also want a naval chart what would jimmy's naval chart look like it would be like if my life was a naval formation uh-huh and from this formation could tell where i was going to go whether it was offensive mm-hmm. defensive uh, well i mean i don't know this and this might be a very personal question to you but do you have an indie or an audi <laughs> what percentage of people actually have audis in this world anymore i have an innie like like most people yeah I, I, likewise, likewise. So, i know that audis exist and when i do meet people with audis which is rare because i don't feel like i'm seeing people with their shirts off like constantly uh, but when i do see someone with an audi um, i try my best to ostracize them <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's the problem is is that I'm not really looking at navels anymore. And so who knows just what percentage. I imagine there's a pretty good percentage of people who do, Jimmy. It's no different than people who are left-handed and right-handed. I had an Audi. I did have one. And then I switched sides. What? Yeah. You switched over to the dark? Yeah. I had an Audi for three or four years as a wee babe. And I, and I was just like, nah, son. And I pushed that. I pushed it in. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> but I do have, like, I can look inside my belly button and I can remember. My navel chart would probably be uh, uh, a hairy one. <laughs> it most definitely would be. For those of you out there who can't look in the radio and see in the studio, Elon is a lot hairier than I am. <laughs> I'm the George the Animal Steel of the radio show. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> Are you warmer in the wintertime? Is that like a thing? Actually, I'll tell you something. I love the winter for reasons that I really shouldn't be disclosing <laughs> to people who live in New York who have to deal with it. 
you know, growing up in upstate New York, you kind of come built in to appreciate weather. And for me, I've always gotten a huge thrill out of throwing as many layers on as possible. The summertime always kind of sucks for me because I have a built-in furnace already. And so whenever it comes down to the winter, I'm like, all right, I'm already built in with one thing. Now I just keep on yeah, adding my, another layer. Got my thermal already. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I got allergic to wool later on in life. So I can't really get away with wearing wool because every time I wear it, I just itch. I think it's a reaction. Like you've already got natural wool, so your body just can't do it anymore. Yeah, it's true. It, but that said, winter is always a fun time for me in terms of just how many layers could Alon Danziger wear at this particular snowy oh, day? Oh, yeah. I mean, especially when you have, like, a bad coat, but it's really cold out, and you're, but you're, like, dedicated to not being cold. I lived in Boston in college with terrible coats, and you're like, all right, we're going seven layers deep. Mm-hmm. And when you get places, you got to peel all the layers off, which takes you 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's just so frustrating. There's something to be said when you are in the summer and you are trying to successfully master the wearing as little as possible while still not looking gross. And then, <laughs> and then in the winter, it's the exact opposite. I'm basically Jimmy Buffett in the summertime and Kenny in the wintertime. That's how I've always managed my apparel game. Fair enough. I feel like I'm like Ja Rule in the summertime, and mm-hmm. I'm like any homeless guy in the wintertime. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, right now you look a little bit like Chappelle without the white nose, though. All right. I'll take that. Seriously, from people I didn't know. I remember I did um, a school play, which I, I feel like we've talked about before. Which one was this? This was uh, the two. Mid- yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? The long, long and extensive history. Uh, mm-hmm. It was Midsummer Night's Dream. And after the play, one of the first people who came and approached me to, like, give me a compliment about it. I had gotten off stage, and I was going back, you know, to get my costume off. And this guy came up who was the father of one of the guys who was in the play. And I I think I mentioned the idea that they'd been, like, rapping it the same way. They'd, like, infused rap into Shakespeare. Pre-Hamilton classical theater infusion of rap. Yeah. Those are words they strung together somewhere. And like uh, Christmas lights, you will be able to find the ends and the beginning somewhere in that sense. Exactly. Exactly. This guy approached me after the show. And, you know, I, I tried to do a lot of physical comedy with my character. And I was going really over the top with it. And that's what you I were, realized. You were going to the Dimitri Ust. Exactly. The, the, the most Dimitri. <laughs> the Dimitri Ust. I mean, I, I really took it to the next level to the point where I had the cast. A lot of the rest of the cast came and, like, complained about me at one point. And then the director had to dress me down in front of the cast. Mm. And then... Intervention. Jimmy, stop being a ham. And then... Jimmy Jams, not Jimmy Hams. (laughs) Jimmy Hams. No, I've been Jimmy Hams before. But then what happened is... So he does that, right? And then he goes, Jimmy, stay behind. And, like, everyone else go off and, you know, keep rehearsing. Mm -hmm. And he pulled me aside and he goes, disregard everything I just said. I did that for their sake. But I really like what you're doing. and I think it's really funny. And just keep doing it. Right on. But anyway, this guy comes in and approaches me, and he was like the father of one of these guys, and he goes, he goes, hey, man, you know, I wanted to tell you, it was real funny, Jack, but honestly, you was exactly like a white Dave Chappelle. <laughs> and it was a great compliment. I was, like, incredibly happy. And then everybody got it from that same performance. A few different people said the exact same thing. It's great. And it was interconnected. Since this is the holiday episode, we have definitely a lot of different things to talk about in terms of the holidays. And without further ado, let's segue into the next segment. Second. Sega. Segment! Is it like a holiday, you know, like holiday noise? Insert here something that will be perfect. Yay! Yay! 
So I didn't celebrate Christmas if you that wasn't already clear enough. Yeah. Dude, my, my father's family. Who, yes. My father who you grew, grew up, up half Jewish. Yeah, my father who grew up Jewish. They began to celebrate Christmas when he was 18 in his family. And they were all Jewish. And they really began to celebrate Christmas because it was easier. Mm-hmm. And it was very Americanized at that point. So wait, wait, wait. They, they stopped celebrating Hanukkah because it was too difficult? And they just Dude, instead went with Christmas? Eight days of celebration are you kidding me who's got eight who's got eight who's got eight days to sit down and light a menorah and spin a dreidel well, well, and eat a potato on. pancake hold on uh, <laughs> if you want to be really lazy about it like my family was that's not true my parents are not lazy but there were certainly going to be events like the one that we're listening to in a little bit where since we're all getting together extended family and whatnot on one particular night why not just go around and give and open up gifts and go all in succession until you've gone through eight? So it's basically no different than Christmas gift unwrapping, but you're just sort of bypassing the whole seven extra nights and just going with one night. Oh, well, see, thing. no, that's a lot of people have told me that too. Like, but then, but for the seven other nights, do you spend those nights together celebrating Hanukkah, just not opening gifts? In this case, no. But normally on a given season of Hanukkah growing up, what would end up occurring is simply just spending about 15 minutes getting the menorah ready and my dad and I getting yarmulkes on and then uh, making sure that we have lights and then the gifts are nearby. So it all takes about 15, 30 minutes. And then by that point, yeah, we're done. So it's not like we're spending a whole lot of time doing it. See, that's what I think my is... sister and I were kids. We just wanted the presents. Boom, done. Yeah, yeah that's what I think is so interesting about religion and culture and stuff like that because my dad never once took me to synagogue. He never once said anything about God to me, and he never put a yarmulke on me. But then Hanukkah would come and he'd be like, eh, let's bust out these candles, baby. Oh, what's this about? Eh, you're a Jew. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we got to light these candles. Oh, yeah, why do we do that? Eh, it's just the way the world goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, good times. Hey, you get some gifts. Hey, here you go. It's okay. Enjoy. And he'd give me, like, some guilt, and he's like, eh, have some chocolates. <laughs> I had a very poor understanding of Hanukkah. I, I, to this day, still am baffled as to how I can continue as an adult with some semblance of Jewish identity, because even at 13, I knew not what Hanukkah was all about. I have a clip here for us to hear, which is terrible, but so wonderful at the same time, because it is proving to the world just how clueless I was. Now it's time for a DZ moment. Who asked me, DZ? Dance on me. And for this DZ moment, I will be conducting a nice little story about the one and only Hanukkah. Now you're wondering why I talk about stuff like Hanukkah and not Christmas. Well, for one thing, I am a Jewish necklace. And I think Christmas, you know, is a little more famous to more people around the world than Hanukkah. Well, of course, people listening to this right now know Hanukkah as their famous thing. But then again, Christmas is one of those media type of shit. But now, I will be conducting a little story about Hanukkah and its history. And play the part of the Israelites, Scully. And Jack Soros will be playing the part of the Romans. Alright, here we go. Long time ago, in the heart of Israel, 
When he didn't have that music. Yeah, but back in the day, long ago in, the, in Israel, one day the Romans decided to trash the place. Oh, we're gonna get this place, and we're gonna kill it, and this place we're gonna take it, and this will be so special, but we're gonna control it, and we're gonna make sure it never goes back in the face years again. Alright, so they go, and they destroy Israel. And, and it's just so many things. Now, you know, back then, that for light, they used oil lamps. So when they destroyed it, everything, they had their menorah. The only things they did not destroy were the menorahs, with the menorah, sorry, and one oil lamp. I don't understand this. You're saying that I have to light this thing, and this is what is not enough things. We're not enough oil for us to light it. Shut up. As I was saying, wait, wait, oh yeah, sorry. all right, you go ahead. We have, we have a wild, we have to fight these guys. We have to teach them a lesson not to mess with our town. We're the Jews, and we are going to destroy those Romans. So, the main event for a couple days, but that's at least I thought, was to fight the Romans. Unfortunately, it wasn't a fixed, because this would be a surprising victory for whoever won. So, they lit the menorah with, with the life of the oil lamp, and it, they knew that it would not light that long. So, um, they prayed to God. Oh, God! This can take a miracle to make this light for all that time. So, they fought, and for eight days, it lit, it stayed for light. And then, and then they won. And then, they named this thing Hanukkah for, I don't know what reason, why it's the frick it's called. But, we all know that the Jews claimed victory... And for eight days, uh, what Hanukkah is, eight days of celebration for the day that, that, the, that the light kept shining from God. You know, we didn't get to talk that much in this one, like we did the Halloween, DC. What was the point of us being this? Yeah, I don't even say a thing anyway. Um, while they start to beat me up, I might as well just say bye for now. It's just been a dizzy, dizzy moment. You're like, yeah, don't mess with that town. Where the Jews? Where get you? Like, like you guys were like, you guys were a street gang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess sort of like the uh, like West Side Story. And you yeah. know, the West Side Story was originally supposed to be East Side Story, and it was originally supposed to be a fight between Christians and Jews on the East Side of New York. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm telling you, yeah, where the Jews? Don't mess with us. <laughs> The Romans will have their mind <laughs> this month. <laughs> we've got our shields, we've got our phalanx. <laughs> now that come to think of it, as we heard that, it seems like I actually got the basic gist okay. But then towards the end, I'm like, 
I don't know why they named it Hanukkah. It makes no sense why they named it Hanukkah. I mean, yeah, okay, it's the Festival of Lights, but all right, whatever, Elon. <laughs> whatever you say. Well, like, you got the bare bones of the story, but yeah. contextually no one would know what you were, what you really meant. Like, we know what you, like, I know what you meant, and you know what you meant, because I know this story. Yes. So if anyone out there doesn't get this story, the, <laughs> the idea was that they had enough oil for one evening. Mm-hmm. And it magically lasted Magic. for eight evenings. Yes, I suppose they were gonna. It was that they were gonna. It wasn't that they were gonna freeze to death. They needed to show some who was seeing the light. That needed to see that light. There was somebody there. There was, there some, was someone needed to see some it. protagonist. Yeah, someone needed to see that again. Light. Terrible Jew. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're like there was someone that was light, but like even we now I'm we like we don't come prepared for the show. Are you kidding me? <laughs> even now I'm thinking to myself, why would you need this light? No, because this is underground radio. Literally, we are under. Ground at this uh-huh. moment. There's like, there could be earthworms and all kinds of moles, voles, and things. Yes. They don't do research either. The Danziger Zones characters that I created as have been covered were a Star of David necklace that I named Don Zoni. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, Scully the skeleton and Jockasaurus the dinosaur. So those were the characters. And it was the high, the low, and the just plain weird. So uh, registers in, my voice. in your in your mind in when my mind. the because again I, I can get a skeleton and a dinosaur talking to each other. That's I can visualize that. Yeah. When they were speaking with the Star of David necklace, yes. was it on the ground or were one of these characters wearing it or like was it was it floating magically in the air? It was floating magically in the air. Let me paint you a picture. The way I drew Don Zoni. Was he had shades on, like like a sort of like a lounge singer that would cover the entire uh, eye frame area, and then his chain that went down each side symmetrically were the legs. <laughs> <laughs> so, what a peculiar idea, dude! So on the SoundCloud page, you could actually see. I think there is an illustration on one of our extras that's up there somewhere. But that said, I had a very creative idea for how a necklace was to be anthropomorphized or whatever. It's very anthrop- anthropomorphized. I mean, I like it. I like, he was I, an I like all-encompassing it. piece of jewelry. <laughs> I know that I created many characters growing up in all different venues, but I don't think that I remember them enough like that. Mm-hmm. It stuck out to me. Yes. That nobody liked Don Zoni. Nobody liked Don Zoni. So Christmas, though, even so, while Hanukkah was still something that we were celebrating and Christmas was something that everybody else celebrated, it was certainly around me. The Christmas music was very impressed upon me. This right here is not something that's hard to find. Me and my sister and my father singing along while our power is out, mind you. But somehow, while the power was out, we were able to get our home stereo working on batteries so that we could listen to Christmas music on the local radio station, including this song. Here's a quiz. What? Quiz for Doc. Okay, Whoa. I'm thinking too gone. Yeah, right. What yeah, are 12 days of Christmas? I don't know. Just figure it out, right? Christmas is when? Well, I don't know. Huh? Right, and what's the 24th Christmas Eve, right? It's got me. And then what's after that? Uh, uh, see ya. Uh, wrestling day. Oh, wrestling day! And then what's after that? Nothing. New Year. Cool. Yeah. Four. And what New Year's Eve? Five. Okay. Five oh, golden rings. two Saturdays and Sundays in there. That's four. Nine. And three other days, which I believe are the mystery days. Whoa. This is our Christmas song. 
and uh, Dave Thomas from SCTV, they did... Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, they, no, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they were yeah. uh, brilliant, just brilliant. And uh, so that, they had that whole act of, like, playing two hosers, uh, two Canadian yeah. guys who drink beer and Strange Brew is actually the big movie that they came out with. Yeah, but, yeah, I remember that. Um, this blew my mind as a 12-year-old. I, I mean, I knew about Rick Moranis from the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids movies. I didn't have any knowledge of his history as an improv sketch comedian. Dude, he's fantastic in Spaceballs, dude. Oh, yeah, no, no. When I saw Spaceballs 2, it blew my mind as well. But this was really great, especially since it was on such an auspicious occasion, like, you know, being in the dark and listening to Christmas music with my dad and my sister. And we were just laughing our asses off listening to this song, which, in theory, we weren't even able to really truly understand how funny it was because it was 
two Canadian guys talking about how they just have a bunch of food and smokes and drinks for the 12 <laughs> days of Christmas. And you can find it online. And I think there's actually a really great flash animation that's on YouTube of that song. What was your relationship with Christmas growing up generally? I just liked watching all the like the Christmas-related TV shows, special Christmas episodes, the Christmas movies. I remember I saw A Muppet Christmas Carol for my 10th birthday. So I definitely soaked in all of the media onslaught, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, but, every, I mean, every kid does, I feel, to a degree, right? Sure. I mean, that's just the way it was. I definitely did not grow up in a household that banned such pagan rituals, like involving yourself with Putting watching. a tree in the house. Uh, yeah, hanging I mean, all sorts of strings. The Christmas, the Christmas Carol that Disney came out with where, you know, Mickey played Cratchit, and that was my introduction to Scrooge McDuck. Was... See, I had the old the old uh, classic thing that used to happen in school when I was a kid that I celebrated Hanukkah and Christmas. Sure. So that was just gloat-worthy. Gloat-worthy. <laughs> you just go around like, oh, I got all the gifts. I got gifts on gifts on gifts, right? And yep. then, um, and But really, I was mostly flapping my gums. I'll tell you, and this is um, something that I feel like I'm always in my whole life going to have a very strange relationship with the holiday season. We sort of stopped celebrating Hanukkah when I was 14 or 15. Like, I got a little older. Why, yeah, why then, per se, though? My family unit was dissolving. And, oh, right, uh, your parents had gotten divorced around that time? Yeah, so it was just, we all, all our, and all our holidays started to dissolve like that. My grandparents had died, they were the anchors of the family and stuff like that. And when all the anchors went away and people weren't really gathering for the holidays, all of a sudden it wasn't a huge family, it was just... Me and my father, me and my father and my mother or something like that. And mm-hmm. once they were breaking up, it was just like the holidays just weren't happening. I just never really had a very strong connection with Hanukkah past 18. It's And maybe it's just the fact that my family didn't get too super involved. I, I grew up in a very secular family. I guess the best term would be Reconstructionist. But I would say it was unaffiliated in terms of the sects because conservative well, what reform, all these different kinds of sects that existed within the canon of how you, you Jewish were raised. That was not us. Like, we got bar and bat mitzvah. We did Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, and Passover. And that was it, basically. Yeah. That was it. And then Hanukkah. But then after I was in college, it just ceased to exist because it just felt like such a, I don't know, it just felt like a really gut reaction holiday to celebrate something that wasn't christmas and when we got old enough i think we just sort of allowed ourselves to be surrounded by those who were not necessarily jewish or not necessarily christian it was just like it was the holidays it was just sort of marginalizing it into this whole lump which isn't a problem at all because i feel like it's good to sort of spread it out I guess it was resonates with me about Christmas is Christmas was the thing that in my life that showed me what real life was. Every time I would be living in a somewhat of a fantasy or, night, or, or thinking that the world was an idealized version of what it was, Christmas would rock me back into reality. Christmas was the very first time when I realized that, the, that magical realism didn't exist, like Santa Claus. I believed in Santa Claus, I feel like, seemingly longer than some of my friends did. And I had the classic time that I found out Santa Claus only for kids out there <laughs> mm-hmm. listening right now. And I went to basically my dad. He, I, he, was, he had a toy in his hand, and I saw him in, like, in, the, in the basement. And I was like eight or nine, something like that. And I was like, hey, uh, what are you doing with that? And it was a toy that I'd already had, but it was in a package. Strange, because I already owned the thing, and I'd taken it out years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are, you, what are you doing with that? And he goes, oh, you know, when I got this for you years ago, I got two. 
because it was on sale or something like that. And then I was going to, if I if you lost it, I was going to replace it, right? And I was like, oh. And I remember that Santa had gotten it for me, you know? So at that moment, I was like, oh, you know, I see. Uh-huh. That was the very first time in my life I felt as though my parents had lied to me. And I was really, really offended by it. And I, that's why I'm kind of a little bit. And you bit were how old? Eight or nine. I was older. So my, most of my friends had told me that he wasn't, that like, you know, had been telling me. And I was like, no, no, no. I believe my father. He doesn't lie to me. I would, you know, this is, this is not, he wouldn't say that if it wasn't true. I grew up in a household where my dad, one winter, dressed up as Santa Claus. My Jewish father dressed up as Santa Claus. I just, when you know, I was five it was one of those old. things, is like as a kid. For our school, for our, like, our nursery school. It yeah, was amazing. I, I didn't like the idea, though, even as a kid, of like the fact that there was this lie being perpetrated, right? The thing that also about Christmas that really was a gut check was I was then 15, was maybe the first year, I want to say, where Christmas came, and I still had like a bit of that childhood excitement about Christmas coming, and I got no presents. You know, my family couldn't afford me to get me anything. And all my friends got presents. And I, my, my friend has a big Christmas party every year, and I've been going to it for like over 20 years now. And uh get to see everyone enjoying Christmas and all this. And then they're coming, and everyone's trying to like talk about what they got and sharing the booty. And they would all look at me because I was the only one that would have nothing. It was disheartening. At this point in my life, I don't care. You know, it's, I'm past it. But it just, again, it showed me what the real world was like. Yeah, it can be cruel. If no one's paying attention to you if you know, or they can't get their act together, you're losing out in the process. It's not a war against you. It's a, just a sort of a, a lack of ability to have you included. So you feel left out. There's a lot of people every year who have that same exact mentality. And the kids, I don't know what the kids are like these days with, with the holidays. It's, it'd be, I'd be interested in finding out from like my teacher friends how kids perceive the holidays now. But for me, back then... I didn't really get too caught up in it. I think it was nice to sing Christmas songs. I remember on our bus, we used to sing Christmas songs. I didn't really care too much. I really enjoyed the, just I think the sensationalism of it because everything was exciting back then. And what's the song? Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer on the bus. This woman played it on the bus. And I think just, even though I didn't celebrate Christmas, I felt like I could vicariously be a part of people's lives and celebrated with them, even if I wasn't necessarily going to have a tree in the house, which I didn't really care for either. Too much maintenance. Yeah, I mean, the tree in the house, was, it is what it is. Hang up a little you you know, never, air you freshener. Ne- you never had a tree in the house. No, we had a tree most of the time. Most of the time, up. yeah. We got a real tree. We never had a fake tree. Good. We had a real tree up until the same way, until I was about 15 or so. Then those last few years before I went to college, we didn't get one, but it varied. Sometimes, some years, my dad would get a really big one. If he just was into it. I don't know if... I just saw this the other day. I don't know if this is true. We don't research this stuff. Nope. <laughs> we come in here cold just without any research. We're real people. We're just trying to be real people talking about stuff. We are trying to improvise. <laughs> but I just saw the thing on... on and, um, you know, in the metro, so probably possibly not real. Who knows what's real these days <laughs> in the news? But they said that they were selling uh, something like a, a 10 or 12 foot Christmas tree on the Upper East Side. It was like $700, and that seemed a bit excessive. That but is... I thought about it, and I said, you know, I remember 20 years ago, we would buy a six-foot tree, and it was 150 bucks. So I could see that. It, it's, it's feasible in my mind. That just makes no sense. I'm surprised that you would even think of charging someone that much. I remember thinking it was a lot when it was 150 bucks, considering that we were going to have it for like two weeks and took it out. Yeah. I'm happy to do, like, the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Oh, no, that's... <laughs> actually, I'm sorry. That's a really good point. Christmas I just, time is here. <laughs> 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 
going. It wouldn't be. A, it wouldn't be a Christmas special if there was a little singing, right? I actually, <laughs> or a holiday special. Excuse so me. Uh, every year since uh, I've been in a relationship, uh, every every winter we go to see uh, Charlie Brown Christmas in in Gowanus, like Park Slope area. So I've been very lucky to see the same actors acting as Charlie Brown and Linus and Schroeder and Lucy for the last seven years, eight is, years. Is Charlie Brown bald? Do they portray him as bald? He wears a bald cap. Nice. It's hilarious. Does he have like a little like curly cue on the front drawn or something? Yeah, like a little squiggle. And it's so cool because they do this every year and they will act it out with the exact motions that the cartoon has. <laughs> they they act out every single thing and it, it's all great. Justin Tyler is the guy who plays Charlie Brown. Big shout out to Justin Tyler who always kills it every year. Rats! Like he'll do all the heads bobs and the eyes and everything is just wonderful yeah charlie brown is great man that i think probably helps reinstate the belief that i have that christmas can be fun because one thing that always makes me happy especially when i go to those performances is just seeing how the kids love it and so that's the only time that i really get a chance to truly watch the magic that christmas has by just watching adults act out something that kids did not even grow up with but that they see it and it shows up on ABC every damn year, but in the actual theatrical version, it's kind of nice to see how that is done. And I remember I loved the Charlie Brown cartoons all the time when I was a kid. But even as an adult now, seeing it being acted out and watching kids that were my age when I was getting that impressed upon me, it's so nice to see how kids get into it. They're not stuck in front of a TV. Something that's great about the holiday season is that you know it does happen at the beginning of winter. Uh, winter sucks. I don't feel yeah. like like there there are many people that are really looking forward to it. No, even if you're into winter sports and stuff like that, unless you, you live in a really cold weather climate, and this isn't one. We live in a temperate climate. We got we get the right. you know, we get we run the gamut. So. I, prob- I probably wouldn't be making great comments about how I love layering if I was in International Falls or something. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. See, I think that if we didn't have the holiday season when winter began, it would really be dreary. I think people would really be a lot more depressed. I think by the time that the holiday swoon wears off. You're getting into January at that point. You're like two weeks into January before you really are like getting back to And just you know what January normal. has? The most depressing day of the year. MLK Day? That's really racist, dude. I, <laughs> yo, your words, not mine. I, I, I wasn't going there, but that should be a happy day. But there is also the most depressing day of the year. You look it up. It's like, I think it's a different day every year, but it's like the second or third Sunday of, of, of every January. January. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I feel like MLK Day is uh, is both sad and happy. Mm-hmm. Sad about the death. We'll happy. see what happens this time around, won't we? <laughs> Shoo. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Ah, we're not going to go anywhere near Washington. Sorry, y'all. Let's take a quick breather to regroup here. And when we come back from this break, we'll get back to the materialistic side. Lost and Rewound, Radio Free Brooklyn. Little Timmy was horrified to realize that Santa wanted to kill him and drag his infantile body up the chimney with those blood-eyed sucking reindeer on the roof. <laughs> Timmy acted fast, retrieving his AK-47 his father had given him on the first night of Hanukkah. Timmy was bearished by this return fire from those pesky miniature elves who knew if the reindeer didn't eat, they wouldn't either. So this is how this is going to work. There's a lot to comb through in this next series of clips. I'm going to leave it to Jimmy. If he hears something that he likes, he will ring this bell. He will ring this bell. Ring the bell. It's Christmas. There are bells involved. Yes. 
We need to have some kind of bell. Hello there, bell. <laughs> it wouldn't be the holiday season without a little ding. So we're going to go through this, this next huge amount of clips. And I have gone through it, so we're not going to listen to the whole thing. But I selected a good portion of 1995 Hanukkah at the Goldsteins. And we'll see just what comes of it. And Jimmy will let us know where to divide our talk sets from here. It's my prison now. Oh, look at this. Isn't that lovely? Oh, yeah, look at this stuff. It's the same. Oh, John. It's the curse of the five-star calendars. No. Oh, we're opening? No, it's oh, the oh, my gosh, it's a curse. Oh, my gosh, it's a curse. 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 It's Wait. What? Lame. He just said don't open them. Uh, she got them all. I did? Who? Oh, no, no, I can open it. Look I was going to learn and see that all you pieces. Okay. All right. Well, I'll quit. It's mine. Yes, I got it. 28. Yes, it is. It's cash. 28. The first person is a dirt board. Don't open it. Don't open it. This is supposed to be the thing. For all of you who ever need a thermos, this is supposed to be the best thermos there ever was made. Hey, is that what kind of board? Pork or what is it? It's so hard. What is it? Thank you, What's that? We'll be back with the next present. Side. Oh, a desk calendar. Right. Thank you very much. You're I very need welcome. one. <laughs> All right. Yes. You rang. Yes. You rang. Something, huh? something about the far side desk calendar. Yeah, we used to get my dad one every single year. <laughs> every so single clearly year. was not exclusive to one family. What was it about like getting the far side off the wall of the desk calendars? Like, I just. That was those were just huge. The desk calendars were fun, man. And I liked I liked that you could rip them off and you could write notes on the back of the pages. But it's just something about it was just so resonated. Um, I actually used to get the Far Side books myself. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have a bunch of them still. Yeah. And then I would get them. I had a buddy of mine who used to screen print T-shirts in uh, in middle school, and I got a couple of Far Side screen printed T-shirts. One I got was uh, and I lost it. I wish I still had it. Was the one that's like in the middle of the tundra, and there's a penguin, and there's a banana peel. And the penguin is on the ground. He obviously slipped in the banana peel. And it's just a huge open space. <laughs> Gary Larson had such a sick, twisted sense of humor. And I, I, for all intents and purposes, I can only imagine that when you're that crazy of a coconut, when you're in the world of illustration as a personality with that kind of a mind to create cows that act as people, elephants that act like assholes, and humans that act like idiots— like you clearly have a very cynical way of looking at the world. Quite possibly. Have you ever read the internet comic Cyanide and Happiness? Though that guy must be nuts the same way. Yeah, equally. <laughs> I have a cousin, uh, my dad's cousin technically. So my first cousin once removed or something. He is a 
cartoonist. I have a cousin in the family named Jeff Danziger, who's a political illustrator, and his stuff has been all over the place in New York Times and Christian Science Monitor, and he's uh, very, very biting in his commentary. His stuff isn't necessarily funny, but the commentary is extremely cynical and like makes you think, et cetera, et cetera. It's more of the thinking man's comic. Yes, the comic I like to read on the pooper. And yeah, but that was my dad's family. My mom's family, the people you're hearing that, that was Richie who you're hearing was getting the far side calendar. And Richie isn't even in our family anymore. He's my uh, my cousin Lauren's ex husband. So, yeah. Intrigue. Intriguing. Yeah, that, oh, my lord. Now he's on the opposite side of enemy lines. If we see him on the battlements, we shall shoot on sight. I don't know. I'm not going to go down to Florida anytime soon. If I go down to Florida and I see him on the battlements, I shall throw (laughs) the the crocodile at him. (laughs) Throw the crocodile at him. (laughs) Let's keep going then. All right, next person coming up. There's your friend. I got gangsters paradise. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You should get learned something. What is it? What is it? Oh, it's the jacket. Oh, boy. Dad got a beef book. Kitty <laughs> got sewer fresheners to keep him from his shoes stinking so much. Stinking so much. Then got another coffee pot. <laughs> That's a real dildo right, dildo right there. <laughs> Pretty bad for a dildo, though. Steven got stationary. Richie got a seven dwarves tie. I wear these to work, and the executives say, wow, what a weird tie. Maybe we'll bring him back. Maybe he'll wear another weird tie. Like, yeah. There we go. Here comes the fifth present. Fifth present. Fifth present. So spin. Oh wow. Spin. Yeah. I got a magazine. Yeah. You got more than a magazine. You got a subscription to it. A subscription that means every month. All right. In the mail. I, for my fifth present, I got a magazine. Then I got a sweater. Sarah got a tie-dye kit. Lauren <laughs> gets her alarm clock. Like she even wakes up. Like she even wakes up. Penny got stationery. Then got Monopoly board game, but New York City edition. Steven got a suit bag. And... Uh, <laughs> Richie got a Corvette calendar. All right, he got a check, $25. Yvonne, you're so cool. Petland discount, $25 gift certificate. That's, I can't believe that's perfect. Petland discount at $25. Sorry. Yeah, all right. I'll tell you this but this is so That is a seven. 
That was the seventh present. The sixth present was shirts, gap shirts. Gap sweaters, sorry, gap sweaters. All right, I'm ready for the eighth present. I wonder what it's gonna be. Is this your last present? I think so. All right, guys, my eighth present. I'm gonna reach in and I'm gonna pull out. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it out. I'm gonna put it on my. Cornell hat. jump in there and do that just because i found that really kind of remarkable it's like what a what a what a jerk move <laughs> what's so funny is that we missed a part where he said I, I didn't get anybody else a present except for you alon you're the only person that i got a present for this year he gave me a hat of his alma mater so that i could you know start getting ready to and who, who was this that's my cousin kenny how much older was he than you he's about 10 years older than me so he was out of college already but he was like going to med school, I think, at this point. And yeah, he definitely thought it'd be funny to just get me some swag, some Cornell <laughs> swag. And then, incidentally, what ended up happening? I didn't go to Cornell. I went to Ithaca. Not. I just went on the other side of the hill. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because my dad, he, he always used to like to buy the hat of famous university or something like that so that people would just assume that he went there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so he used to wear this Harvard hat all the time. He used to have a Stanford sweatshirt. He used to wear. He was like, "Oh, wow, yeah." Well then, and then he would just be like, "But it was just for fun." So it looks like the eight presents that I got were a dartboard, a far side calendar, a bunch of sweaters. Probably I'm gonna just like list four, five, six, <laughs> like sweaters and shirts, and then uh, I think a sub- spin subscription and a Cornell hat. I have a feeling I got a CD maybe there in somewhere, uh, like a I think it may have been like a, a jazz CD. Like Billy Holiday, or when you had your dartboard, did you ever put any of your enemies' faces on the dartboard? No, and that's a question that I would expect anybody to ask, but especially you, <laughs> Mister Vindicative. <laughs> did would you have? I never owned the dartboard, but, but you would. But had I, I, that would be so good. I've, I've always wanted to be like <laughs> one of these days, Mac. One of these days, I'm going to come for you. Or, like, have a voodoo doll. But I don't really have any enemies like that. The dartboard was surrounded by tons of other stuff on the wall. So, in so much as that being careful and somewhat selective about what went around the dartboard, it would have to be something that the dart could seemingly get in, you know, go into. Yeah. 
what did I do? I think I put certain posters that were around there that I didn't care for too much or like clippings from magazines. So if the dart did not make <laughs> the dartboard. I and mean, if anyone's played darts, it would some, hit, sometimes you miss the board. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it would hit these other parts of the wall with these posters on there. So I figured, uh, you know, if it's not going to hit the dartboard, it's going to hit somewhere that someone that deserves it because I made it so. I like darts. I do, too. I don't think that alcohol and darts mix. I don't know why they have that at bars. I feel like sharp objects you throw is a bad thing to have when you're drinking. Mm -hmm. But that's where I played most of my darts at bars. I grew up with a dartboard right on my door. You know, I, I had no issues of playing it at all. And again, I wasn't really playing with anybody but myself. And you weren't, like, sitting in your room when you were, like, 10 drinking a bottle of whiskey and playing. <laughs> no, no, no. But I was 12 when I got this dartboard. And sometimes when friends would come over, they would play with me. 20 years later, <laughs> I was at a wedding, and there was a dartboard in the garage of the compound that we were all hanging out on for the wedding, and my buddy Andy was playing darts with me, and he's in nightlife. He's in, like, he works at a bar. He's a bar manager, and he was introducing me to a game of darts that I never had heard of. So leave it to the guy who grew up with a dartboard and is being told, oh, this is the way you're supposed to play darts. Effectively realizing that I knew nothing about darts. I, knew ne I never knew how to play Clearly, the entire time, I was just with these darts thinking, the first person to get this amount of points wins. But really, I guess the way you're supposed to do it is you're supposed to eliminate. Close, close out the sections. Exactly. Yeah. I, that was never disclosed to me. Yeah, no, yeah, there's, there's an actual rule set. There's <laughs> a like, game called darts. Same thing with pool. You don't know the rules of say. pool. Exactly. And the first guy well, hits him in. there's a few different rules of pool. Because you, you could play eight ball and you could, yes. right? Yes, you can. Or you could go. Uh, play nine ball. There's a lot exactly. Of, a lot of different ones. You know? There's a many, many the variations. Many the variations. The same way with the cards, you know? So and why don't we continue and play more of the clip? Yes, there's a little bit left. All of my presents are done, but the best present has been saved for last, and it is to Kenny's older brother, my cousin, Stephen. Oh, a lawyer joke a day. Stephen got a lawyer joke a day calendar off the wall. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, this is always good one, but I probably haven't heard it. Don't call you. Do what you never heard before. 
What's the difference between a dead skunk and a dead lawyer in the middle of the road? There's skid marks in front of the skunk. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. Because they're still going to do it. Lori in my closet. On the right, in my Italian study, has a stand. That is good. That is definitely, that should definitely go in. I have to read that. I heard that one, but it's good. And now you have a test. I have a test. All right, what is it? It stands up, even after you've heard it. What do you mean, you have a test? No, it's going to work. It's going to work, definitely. All right. Who else is a present? Well, keep going, and I'll look for another excellent one. Who else is a present? That. I'm done. I have gifts. You can open that. Okay. Don't tell me you can't find any other gifts. They're, they're good. I'm just trying to top the last one. Okay. What's the difference between a vampire bat and a lawyer? One is a diseased, blood-sucking predator, and the other one is a mouse-like creature with wings. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you can even hear us while we're having a Hanukkah party listening to the standard Christmas music. In the I was thinking that's. I was you thinking can't that's escape it. it. Yeah, man, that's too funny. That's too funny. Lawyer I mean, jokes. Mm. It's the nature of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. Lawyer jokes are classics. I still have a T-shirt that says, "What was it? The Shakespeare line? The first thing we do, let's kill all the lawyers or something." What? You never heard that line? Evidently, I'm losing the context of it. I don't know where it's from, but there's a line, and it's... I'll have to look that up. The That's... first thing we do, let's kill all the lawyers. <laughs> good good work, Shakespeare. The things to note about that clip are that, one, Stephen is not a lawyer anymore, but he works in bankruptcies, helping companies get out of bankruptcy. He definitely was reading off some of the more standard jokes that you would hear about lawyers. But that said, I, to this day, have not heard any more of the basic lawyer jokes that go there. I have, animals, I have, animals. but they don't stick with me. I've definitely heard some really, really like good biting lawyer jokes before, but I just don't know any off the top of my head. His lips moves one. I've heard that one. That's a class. That's I've, like I, I know that one. That sure. probably was January first. Yeah, no, it, it, had be. <laughs> it had to be because it's one of those ones that it's so well known, but it's still so good that you still laugh. Yes, that was an unusual celebration of Hanukkah. I don't think was it we... more friendly there than normal. It was me and my mom and my dad and my sister and my uh, my mom's family. So it was just the immediate family. And at that time, uh, the couples uh, of which were my cousin Lauren's husband at the time, or soon-to-be husband, I guess, eventual husband, right? So boyfriend. And then Stephen and his, um, I guess, soon-to-be wife. So Kenny didn't have uh, a family then. But he did eventually. So, yeah, at the time, it was just like maybe like eight of us, nine of us, nine of us, ten of us, ten of us. There, there, was, there was ten of us there. Eight of us, nine but, of us. And we just said, like, eight of us, nine of us, ten of us. And we, right. No, I don't know why I'm talking. So, like I said, there were, ele- there were probably our Eleven of us. <laughs> There's so many goldies. Dude, I don't know. This is something that has, has been uh, plaguing you for the length of our entire show is minutia details about stories typically numeric that numeric. you will fudge you will know you but you will obsess about and you will go back the same way and you will go okay it was two that was three it was four. <laughs> like, that is a running theme that is a thing you do and we should just we have to have the highlight show where we go back and we, we find all of our idiosyncrasies if you guys out there want to email us yeah and you picked up on 
all the most terrible personality quirks that we have, let us know. We'll, we'll put them together. <laughs> As well, you can email us at lostandwound at gmail.com if you have any other hilarious and cohesive clips to share with us and be on the show to talk about. Don't forget, also, if you want to sponsor this terrible, terrible show <laughs> where we no. just meander on and on and on about your tapes. It's, uh, it's, me- it's good meandering. It's we're, good meandering. We're, we're, meander- it's good we're, meander- we're Meanderthals. Listen, we're... You've clearly been inspired to say, I would like to sponsor this show because I want to continue giving them more of my financial competence. Yes, do that and do it. So at RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash LAR, you will be a sponsor of our show. And just in general, if you're like, you guys are cool, but I want to do it for everybody. I want to give Radio Free Brooklyn my financial love. I mean, sometimes you want to give back to the less fortunate. And when it comes to the radio community, that is us. Yes. There's no one lower on the grapevine. And again, these things don't come free. So you can go again to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge. Any amount will suffice that you can afford. It's mm-hmm. always, always appreciated. The more you give, the more we feel. And you can get goodies and stuff like that. You can even give those as gifts for this very holiday season. Yeah. You know, make your Kwanzaa. You know, just right. Make your Christmas Quanaconza, however it's pronounced, the best festivus for the rest of us, dude. Or or Christmas Quanaconza, right? Whatever whatever it is that you're celebrating, we wish you a lovely holiday, and we'll be back for our 2016 wrap up finale. Whatever. Our New Year's celebration. We, yes, we'll be back for the Dick New Year's. Dick Clark style. Next week, we'll be back for our New Year's Eve celebration, and we'll look forward to having you join us again. This is Lost in Rowound. My name is Alon. My name is Jimmy. This is Radio Free Brooklyn. Tune every Thursday at 3 p.m. for more. Again, Lost in Rowound. I don't know.